1: Listen, we're still working out the kinks, okay? It's our first time on the radio. Bear with us. We're an hour in. We're going 7 to 9 p.m. today. Next Saturday, we're going to 7 to 9 as well. Um, call in 888-957-9570. We spent this segment essentially just taking phone calls about LeBron, Steph Curry being underrated. You can text into to Children Auto Body Line, text line 95795, or you can tweet us with the hashtag LightYearsRadio.
0: All right, let's go to Kevin in Maryland. Who wants to talk KD one and one deals? What's
2: up, Kevin? All right, so, what's up? So glad to see you guys prospering, fellow ABC like yourself, Andy. Now, <laughs> I, I know Andy, you want. I know Andy, you want him to leave. But assuming Katie stays how much do you think it impacts how Golden State feels at like the rest of the roster if he keeps signing one and ones instead of a full five year deal
1: you know with with the warriors it's they would love for Katie to stay they want him to stand the mass, sign the max sign the mask extension i think the players are a little fed up you know with the one and one and, and and the constant insecurity about where he's going but guess what if Katie wants to sign a one and one they'll do whatever it takes
0: yeah that's i mean the team's going to take that there's two levels to it one Where are you going to get a better player than KD? So if he wants a one and one you're going to take it. Quite frankly, if Steph said he's taking a one and one they would say yes. Sometimes you just kind of, you don't have the leverage. The player makes the call in those situations.
1: What else you got, Kevin? Who is the next player to keep taking one and ones after KD and LeBron?
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Andy, who do you think?
1: Yeah, thanks for calling in, Kevin. I think Anthony Davis. I think that's going to be the one I think with the way that clutch signed him and Rich Paul made him do the little circus show right this season and kind of made him into essentially what you want to see as the next LeBron James, the next player, I guess, player empowerment, yeah, empowerment, movement, right, whatever it is, which is, I think, amazing to a point, right, to a point to where you look at the New Orleans Pelicans, they're not a bad team. They're not a bad basketball team, but they're done now. They're completely finished because this thing has become a complete uh, distraction and and something where how can you walk into the locker room every single day and look at Anthony Davis in the face and say, hey, you're committed to playing with us, right? You wouldn't want to be in the locker room with someone like that.
0: Yeah, uh, my my guess was actually going to be a different clutch guy. It was going to be Ben Simmons. There's been noise that Ben Simmons might take the one plus one after his rookie deal. I think it's just going to become more and more of a thing until players start seeing um, or start feeling it's not worth it. But all things considered, if the money's there and you have the freedom to dictate your terms by not committing long term, it's going to be attractive to a select few players who know they're going to have a max offer irrespective of what they do um, on the court. Like they don't have to worry about the fact that if they shoot poorly one year, a max isn't coming.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and, should we talk about Draymond Green? Because Draymond Green signed with Clutch, right? And we, at least I, kind of assume that Draymond would stay on the Warriors, right? He's someone that, especially if Kevin Durant decides to leave, he's someone that's going to be a Warrior for a long time. And nobody kind of embodies the Warriors' heart, right? Heartbeat or, or the soul or whatever it is, more than Draymond Green, right? It's, you got it's, Steph, Steph-, but-
0: it's Steph and Klay. They're the, the yin and the yang. There's, you know, one guy's the, you know, the the cool, steady guy who kind of steadies the whole ship. The other guy's kind of the emotional leader who gives them that, that kick they need time to time.
1: It's always those two at the center. But are you are you concerned because he signed with Clutch that, you know, he's going to want a contract that the Warriors aren't going to want to pay him? Because as far as we know, the Warriors don't want to max out Draymond Green. I think they've already offered him a contract extension, right? You know, I was concerned before, and I don't know that it makes that big a difference, in my opinion,
0: uh, because he's such a unique player. Clay, we know Clay is getting a max. We know there's five to eight teams who are going to offer him a max if the Warriors don't. Clay's market's set. Obviously, KD and Steph goes without saying. Draymond is, he's just a different player, you know? His impact is in the margins, but it's not just a role player. He's like the best defensive player in the NBA. How many guys are there that can guard five positions and run your offense?
1: Oh, Name how, them. How long can he go
0: for them? And that's how the long o- can he do That's that? the other part. You know, it make no one thinks about paying him from age 25 to 30, which this current deal is, but he's starting to pick up injuries. And this next deal is going to be age 30 to 34 or 30 to 33, 30 to 35. It's it's just trickier. I don't know. I don't know what's out there for him. We know he wants to get he wants to get paid what he feels he's deserved. He wants a max. Um, I don't know how other teams value him. He's not one of those players that it's it's obvious how other teams value him.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the tough part for the Warriors. I almost feel like they have no choice. Right, they have no choice but to pay him that money, especially if Kevin Durant leaves. By the way, we've got Ethan Strauss um, on at eight thirty from the Athletic from the guy that got yelled at by Kevin Durant, one of our favorite Warriors media personalities. Um,
0: if you want to join the show, call 888-957-9570. Again, 888-957-9570. Or you can text the Chilton Autobody text line, 95795. Or you can tweet
1: us at hashtag Light Years Radio. Let's take another one. Let's go to line one, Vabish uh, from New Jersey. How's it going? Hey, guys. Uh, I was wondering,
0: um, we know Steph had one of the great greatest seasons of all time in 1516, 16 but I was wondering uh, if you guys think he would win MVP unanimously this year or, you know, if he would win MVP at all because he was clearly, you know, the best player on the best team in 1516. 16 but this year you have Harden, Giannis, Paul George, all, you know, I would say ahead of Steph right now. So i was just wondering what you guys think about that.
1: Got it. Thanks for the call, Fabish. Yeah, I mean, that's one of those things where it's, are you winning, right, for me? Because I think for for a lot of old-school voters, it's still, hey, Harden's having a great season, but is he the first seed? Right now, is he even the second seed, right? And it was a horrible start to the season itself. And then we're talking about efficiency as well. There's nobody in NBA history that's ever been as efficient as Steph Curry. Um, the guy can shoot 23s a game, um, which he probably should be doing. And he's a 45% three-point shooter. Right, and and that's an easy, almost twenty-five points right there. And nobody's that efficient. I think with someone like James Harden, you're talking about um, it's a lot of shots to get a lot of points. And I think the underrated aspect is, are we having fun watching these teams? I think with the Rockets, a lot of the players don't, a lot of media may not. And I think with the Milwaukee Bucks, it's winning. Right, you can't beat seventy-three games. Right, that's not something that you're ever going to see. I think again in NBA history. So I, I think uh, something like that with Steph Curry, you're probably never going to see it again. But again, with him, it's, um, it almost came back to bit him, right? Or it did come back to bit him because, um, that's something he was made for fun of a lot. And, uh, really the only criticism that he's ever got.
0: I want to go to the text right now. We've, we've got, or sorry, to the tweets. We, we have a lot of tweets at hashtag light Years radio. If you want to ask a question, feel free to tweet hashtag light Years radio, um, from Raja P 97. Your favorite moment of this Warriors five year run,
1: Andy? Oh, that's that's that one's easy. That's Clay Thompson game six, OKC. Okay, I mean, that you have never seen, we have never seen the Warriors get thoroughly outclassed, right? We're not talking about outplayed, right? they've been outplayed a lot, but we're talking outclassed. There was, I think, game one in that series, you can see that they were, you know, messing around and lost. Game 2, they got they got back to who they were and won. Game 3 and 4, they got destroyed. And I think you can kind of see from there, like, they're not as good as that Thunder team. They can't guard Durant. They can't guard, you know, uh, Serge Ibaka, Stephen Adams. They're just too big. And Klay Thompson bailed them out. You know, you watch those highlights. Those highlights go viral anytime somebody puts, posts it up, right? And you see that, you know, I'm not going to say it was lucky. It was just something that they saved, I think, a dynasty.
0: And I think um, when you look back at this whole era in 15 years, that game is the seminal moment. The Warriors don't win that one. KD is not coming. Andy, do you think KD comes if OKC wins the series 4-2?
1: Listen, if I think that Kevin Durant leaves, even though they win three in a row and they're moving in the chase center, which I do think that he does, I do think that he would have ended up on the Warriors anyway. I do think that Kevin Durant kind of just goes with whatever feels good in that moment right and i think you're ruining my theory (laughs) (laughs) i think that he was always gonna be there but you know i i I do think that regardless of what happened um it it was it was something that showed that you know a lot of people think that the warriors are kind of soft sometimes Right, I think that they look at Steph and they look at Clay, and they're like, you know, these guys aren't your classic, you know, post up guys or drive to the hole and get fouled guys, right? They're just a bunch of quote unquote jump shooters, and I think they showed you in that, you know, seven game series that they're a lot more than that and a lot more than you know your James Harden types.
0: All right, we're gonna go to Tish in Hercules on line two, who wants to talk about Draymond Green's watch. Hey, hey Tish.
2: I, I really enjoy your uh, debut show, and Thank I was you. with you all the way until you said you don't think is going to be a chase center, because I'm absolutely certain he is going to be a chase center. But I called to talk about Draymond. I like to be a glass-half-full person, and I prefer to think that now that he's signed with clutch sports, he's going to have other types of projects coming his way, like LeBron has, endorsements and whatnot, and that will make him more amenable to creatively staying with the Warriors rather than... Trying to get the max deal. I see the Christ's first thing as a way for a Draymond to kind of
0: create a brand for himself for endorsements and whatnot. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah. Thanks for calling in, Tish, by the way. Appreciate you calling in tonight 957 9570. No, she makes a great point. I think a lot of what Draymond does does vibe with LeBron James, right? I think Draymond is close friends with LeBron. He sees what LeBron does um, and he wants to brand himself in that way. He sees the, the barber shop, right? And I think. Um, he wants more than an athlete (laughs) he wants to brand himself as more than an athlete right Draymond's probably one of the smarter guys in the NBA and I think that is something that he wants to show as a different side of himself he doesn't want to be known as that you know I'm going to get a bunch of technicals um, kind of guy so um, more than a goon (laughs) more than technical fouls right Draymond (laughs) Green doesn't want to be that guy and I think he is a lot more and in Silicon Valley in San Francisco I think a lot of people I think he has a, a fan base that is willing to listen to him about it anyway we've got Ethan Strauss on Athletic coming on at the top of the hour right now um, you're, we're going to break
0: Light Years Radio continues on 95.7 The Game here's Andy Liu and Sam Esfandiari
1: Light Years Radio, we are back. First show on 95.7, Andy Lou, Samus Fendiari. It feels pretty good, Sam, no? Yeah, it was a little, a little rocky at
0: the beginning. Had to get a few shots up, you know, started 0 for 6. You know, kind of one of those type of days. It's kind of like now I'm getting
1: back into it. Steph in 2014, 15 against the Grizzlies. Remember when they when they were down two one? You know, Steph Steph was pumped. Pump, flinching pump at Sh- with
0: uh, Tony Allen.
1: Shadows. Like you know, he was flinching at shadows, and then he was. Uh, what was he doing? He drank some wine with Draymond Green, right? I think that's what they're doing at night, and then kind of. From it there, all, it, well. it all came. To be, it all came together after that. Oh, oh man, that, those those were those were the times. Those were good times. It's even better now. Um, we've got a we've got a bunch of callers. We've got a new question coming up. We're here until nine o'clock. Um, so top of the hour, we've got Ethan Strauss from the Athletic coming up. The man about, who's breaking up the dynasty, breaking up the dynasty. You'll hear from him. You guys can ask questions about him. We'll ask him for you. Right? If you got any questions, text into Chilton Body all- auto body text line 95795 uh, call into 888-957-9570 um, alright so we were talking Sam earlier about this Sixers game and how this was one of the better wins of the season I, I don't know if I agree they won by a couple points defense wasn't great last five minutes were amazing but I, when I think about the Warriors I think of how often they actually care Right, And I think about the actual great games that I've played, and I really can only think of like two games this season. What was the actual game that you thought was the best this season? And by the way, for those um, that want to text in you know, or call in with their, with their thoughts, 888-957-9570.
0: Yeah, so I thought that was one of the better games of the season. It's always fun to watch the Warriors get up for it. It's always fun to watch them have to try their hardest. They were trying against Philly. They weren't doing the kind of half-speed thing. They started out slow, but they started out slow because Philly was just overwhelming them athletically, in my opinion. Um, they didn't fall behind though; they had to go punch for punch with them. That was one of my favorite games of the season. I would still say my my favorite game of the season for the Warriors was when they went to Milwaukee without Traymond. Um and uh, it was it was a it was a defensive game. I thought KD was awful on offense that game, but it was maybe his best defensive game.
1: Yeah, I, I think that was one. Steph didn't play right. No, he did. Draymond didn't play. And they still held him to 95 without So that was one where I remember thinking, and I was talking to you about it, where you start to see the future without, you know, with with KD, right? I think with KD playing the five, KD being the defensive player that he is, because I think people don't think of KD that way. And I think that we talked about Steph being underrated, right? And I think we know that KD wants to be known as the best player in the world. And from this
0: standpoint, KD's all-around game is underrated. Everyone acknowledges one of the greatest scorers of all time. They don't acknowledge how good a passer he is, how smart a player he is, how good a defender he is when he wants to be, when he's locked in, particularly playing at the four or the five, protecting the rim, switching one through five. Um, He is as much of an all-around player as anyone in the history of the NBA Um, And I think that's kind of where, I mean, he's mentioned in interviews for years, people see me as a scorer. They don't recognize my all around game and it's a little passive aggressive, but he's right. I mean, does he have a, does he have a weakness, Andy?
1: Uh, On the court weakness? No. (laughs) Let's stick on the court. (laughs) On the court weakness? No. But with, with Katie, it is true because we talk about Steph and what he does that people don't care about. I think with Kevin Durant in year one, and I think that sticks with him in year one. He took a lot. He took a lot off. Right. He wasn't the player that he was in OKC. And we say the same thing about Steph, right? And we tell Steph and we say, "Hey, he sacrificed. He did this and he did that." But Kevin Durant did the same thing. He took less shots, right? He didn't deserve. He didn't get as much credit as, as he deserved, right? And that almost kind of feels like something where, um, in his mind. At least here in the Bay Area, people do love Steph Curry a lot more. Whether it be true or not, it's I think, hard when you're you think you're the best player ever or in the league. I think back to the Warriors' recruitment of KD. Uh, Jerry West talked about how playing with
0: Steph and Clay would allow him to show his all-around game, his ability to rebound, his ability to defend. Um, and if there is one thing, I think he's probably annoyed with in the coverage, it's that those things do not get highlighted as much as they should. And they should, because he is a, an amazing all-around player. Uh, the 707 Texan, the Denver game by far was the best game of the season. That Denver game was the only game I can think of this season where everyone was firing on all cylinders at once. Did they have 50 points in the first quarter? <laughs> I mean, it was, it was basically... Everyone playing at their A game, which like that's not even an effort thing, just the odds you're gonna get everyone hitting shots at the same time is
1: you know, once a season type thing. Anytime you see slump shoulders, anytime you see people with their head down, you didn't you didn't just beat them. You destroyed them, right? They just they absolutely annihilated annihilated them to the point where I, I literally saw uh, Jamal Murray, who didn't have a great game, kind of walking back to his bench like, Man, what happened? Right, that's one of the games where you're the Nuggets and you understand you're not going to beat the Warriors. Yeah, you may have the same record as them, <laughs> but you're not on their level—not yet, anyway. Yeah, that's not something. Um, that—that's a type of win where, uh, you get in someone's head, right? And, and they get on the court in future games and they know that you're better. Game's already over, yeah. right? Game's already over. Um.
0: And and so I get that that was the Warriors at their apex. For me, I still think the more interesting great games are when the Warriors are trying their hardest, but there's still a struggle because the opposing team has a Giannis who's just such a handful, or the opposing team has a Ben Simmons or an Embiid or someone like that, where it's um, they have to work harder to get the win.
1: Yeah, so we've got we've got the text line that's basically saying the Denver game, right? Call in and tell us which one you game which game you think was the most impressive for the Warriors this season. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero um let's go to the phones we've got adam from oakland how's it going adam
0: hey guys how's it going congrats on your uh, first night on the show
1: love it thanks Thank man you. how
0: are you i'm really good man having a lot having some sunday scaries here but you guys are helping me out i just wanted to ask a quick question uh the warriors have had some great games with the kings this year do you guys think that if They match up in the playoffs. Do you think the Warriors would take it a little bit more seriously knowing that Warriors World deserter J-Ram now roots for the Kings? I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks, guys. I do. I'm 100% positive the Warriors group chat right now is we got to beat the Kings by 50 to let J-Ram know he made a mistake. No. Um, I personally want that series. I think it would be the most compelling basketball. I think it would also be cool from a local perspective. Um, Sacramento is one hour and a half away. Uh, You got the NorCal rivalry. I do not think the Warriors and Kings have ever been good at the same time in their history. Uh, So it would be fun to have that NorCal series.
1: It would be fun, but Draymond did say the last time that they played that he didn't want to play the Kings. And it wasn't because he thought that they were going to lose. The Warriors aren't going to lose. It's It's because of the Sacramento nightlife. (laughs) Shout out to District Nightclub. It's one of the things where... You just don't want to run that much in the first round, you know. Last year, last season, they played the uh, San Antonio Spurs, right? Who were just right. just walking it up. I think me and you could probably walk. I've got a couple knee injuries. You've got, you know, you've got some hip injuries, right? You know, it, we could probably play in that pace, right? You you don't want to play with the Kings. You don't want to run up and down with De'Aaron Fox, who's probably you know a top three fastest player in the NBA. He might be the fastest, right? Like, yeah, no,
0: I mean that would be. For the fan perspective, I think that would be the most fun series um, because the Kings are up-and-coming. I don't think anyone thinks the Kings would beat the Warriors, but De'Aaron Fox is a star in the making. Marvin Bagley will be back by then. He looks really exciting. Buddy Heald has had a breakout year. You can see them as that young up-and-coming team, and it's kind of fun to to play against a young up-and-coming team who you know is going to give you everything, and they're more athletic than the Warriors.
1: <laughs> that is true. Um, and... They're not scared. They're too young to be scared. Right? They're just yeah. out here chucking shots. It's not
0: it's not the Spurs who are all veterans and just kind of like we made the playoffs, we're happy we did that, but we're realistic about where this is going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh and it's it's the Sacramento Kings. When when have the last time I remember seeing the Sacramento Kings in the postseason? I was rooting against the Lakers. Right? It was one of those things where It's just a fun thing. to And I think from a Warriors perspective, if you want to spin it the other way, they don't have to travel, right? They don't have to go to Memphis. They don't have to go to New Orleans, um, even Houston, right? They don't have to travel at all. They're a bus ride away um, from Sacramento. And that is one of the games where if it's a close game, the Warriors are going to win. We're not really that worried about it. Um, But again, we're taking calls right now on the most impressive game that you think the Warriors have played this season. 888-957-9570. 888-957-9570. Text the Chilton Auto Body. Text line 95795. Um, and tweet us Light Years Radio, of course. Um, all right, Sam. So we've got a three-game week for the Warriors. And they're playing the Celtics. They're playing the Nuggets. And they're playing the Suns. They're, I think, a game over the Nuggets right now. A game and a half, I think, uh, above the Nuggets. I got this from the text line a few minutes ago. How much does it matter? that should the Warriors be the one-seed or the two-seed?
0: I don't think it matters in terms of one or two. I think it matters in terms of who they're set up to play. I do think the Warriors probably want to play less physical teams throughout the playoffs because they're already thin inside. DeMarcus Cousins is coming off an Achilles. Do you really want to subject him to Steven Adams, then Rudy Gobert? That, you know, Just go down the line. Do you really want... The physicality of those series uh, wearing on, uh, you're just returning from injury, big man. Uh, but that's about it. I mean, you're you're thinking more like I want to avoid the series that have potential to wear guys down or, or worst case, get hurt.
1: You know, and I, and I think of it this way too. Last last season, um, they were the two seed. The Houston Rockets had Game Seven at home, and Game Seven happened, right? And the Warriors were down by like what was it, like eight or ten at halftime. of Game Seven, yeah, it didn't matter. Right? it didn't matter, and I think Houston's a much better team than the Denver Nuggets, especially from a matchup perspective for the Warriors. So I don't think we're worried about that. But if we're talking about the Eastern Conference, um, I think that might be worrisome. I well, think then let's go into that. Right now, the Warriors
0: are um, four games behind the Bucs, who are the one seed. They're probably not going to catch them. So if the Bucks win the East, the Warriors aren't going to have home court. But they're only about a game behind Toronto. Toronto could win the East.
1: That is a team they could get a better record in. Does that matter? Yeah, I think the only team that matter in, in terms of home court in the East would probably be the Boston Celtics, right? I, 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 and I don't think that's happening. In the garden? <laughs> in uh, Sam's best Boston accent. that's um, not good. Yeah, so I, I maybe not. Maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe you're not worried about the Milwaukee Bucks in the finals. Maybe you're not worried about the Toronto Raptors, right? Um, so we'll see. Um, so we're on the hotline right now from a four one five. We've got a San Francisco text. Um, Who would you rather have defensively for the for the playoffs, right? And, and I think this is going to be a higher level question. But Boogie Cousins or Andrew Bogut, and let's talk about it not from defense, but from everywhere else.
0: Who would I rather have, Boogie or Bogut? Um I'd, it, I'd rather have a healthy Draymond, honestly. I think the Warriors' best defensive lineup end of the day is going to be Draymond at center. It's
1: that simple. And that is the right answer. At the end of the day, all that matters for Steve Kerr, he's going to play a healthy uh, Draymond Green. All right, we've got Ethan Strauss, athletic, the guy, the man that broke the Warriors' dynasty. Grow up, Ethan. How are you doing?
2: (laughs) I'm doing great. I can't believe that I'm on the radio with you two. I can't believe it. This is amazing. They gave you two knuckleheads a radio (laughs) show. I love it.
1: I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, You know, it's kind of one of those things where if they ask me to do it, I'm okay with doing it. They let me say a lot of things. That's okay. Ethan, I got a question for you because I think this is what the people care about. People are really mad at you.
2: I I think a lot of people... I, because I just got this memory when you were talking about uh, how you were you were leaving the media scene. You were leaving the media scene. I remember that you enraged Royce Young, a very nice guy, but you enraged him so thoroughly, Royce Young, the ESPN Thunderwriter, that I remember him coming to Oracle and asking me where you oh, were. Boy. Oh, boy. Asking, where is Andy Lou? I need to talk to that guy. And I said, the man has quit. The man is no longer part of media, but yet here you are. So, uh, yes, I think that we can relate on that level, Andy. I guess we are <laughs> lightning rods. What can I say?
1: Well, listen, at least he's not a basketball player. But, you know, a lot of my friends said the same thing to me, and they were like, hey, you know, Ethan Strauss, who is this? How, how does he get to tell people that Kevin Durant is leaving or Kevin Durant is doing this? Um, explain yourself. Like, what were you trying to do with that article? Because um, it is, I think, if you are a Warriors homer, and a lot of people that are fans are homers, they tend to take the player side, right? They tend to say, hey, media is the bad. Media is this, I think this, what Andy's
0: saying is if you're staying off Twitter, if you're staying <laughs> offline, what, what you wrote feels like it comes out of left field.
2: Yeah, no, I think it's a it's a really good point. I think Sam was saying to me that a lot of people the only media they consume um is that broadcast on on NBC Bay Area, right? And so you would have no idea that there is anything bubbling under the surface. There'd be no way to know it. So I can see how it would come out of left field. Uh but as far as why do I get to say this or that or why does anybody I don't know, but he certainly sure, certainly isn't uh, he certainly isn't refuting it. I mean that's what's funny. It's this idea of who are you to say this? It's the Kyrie stuff, right, in Boston where he's saying the same thing to the media. Who are you to ask me? Why I'm not gonna answer that question about my confidence level in the steam and it's just this odd dots protest too much dance. So look, man, I can sympathize. Why why is anything anything why do we have media i think it's slow and they were asking do media do athletes need the media i can't answer any of these questions <laughs> uh but all i can say is that the ball is in kevin durant's court on this one and one deal he hasn't really indicated that he wants to come back maybe such a thing will change um and at the same time uh it's funny things keep happening like the media company run by Kevin Durant moving their offices to New York City. So, these are things that are happening.
1: Well, you know, more importantly, who cares how the fans feel? Who cares how anybody feels? How do the players feel, right? I, I know you're, you've are you been covering the team forever. Um, how does, and I, you probably can't name names, but how do the players feel about this? Because this hasn't been just this season. This has been going on since last season as well. I mean, if you're Draymond Green, if you're Iguodala, whomever it is on the team, you've got to be kind of at least a little bit annoyed at this. So from from your perspective, how do the players feel about all
2: this? Well, I think we saw a little bit of that back in mid-November. I mean, that's what's funny about acting as though it's coming out of left field. We had Draymond Green on the floor of Staples Center uh, yelling that he's leaving anyway and saying that that's an issue, right? And, Um, I think to a certain extent that was papered over, but I'm not really going to get into a psychology of how everybody feels because I don't want to get aggregated much as I should be helping you guys out because you are my friends and it is your first radio show. (laughs) 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 I will say that. Um, I just think that uh, it's a fair question. Here's what's interesting to me about it, right? This team, this Warriors team, um, an overwhelming favorite. I don't know if they've ever been more of an overwhelming favorite. It doesn't seem like you're going to have an experienced team come up against them, at least from the Eastern Conference side, should they make the finals. I think it's really hard to win a finals if it's your first finals. much as you guys were talking about the different teams, and the challenges they present. So they're this overwhelming favorite with this thing looming over them. And I cannot answer for you guys, and I want your answer to this. Does any of it matter at all? Does it matter? Does it matter if his teammates think he isn't totally bought in? Does it matter if maybe he's already thinking about the Knicks? Or do we overrate all this stuff? And what we call chemistry just happens after the fact, and it doesn't matter at all. What do you guys think of that?
0: I think it matters. I think we've seen examples through the years where chemistry has kind of ruined teams. The most famous example I can think of is the 2004 Lakers. Um, with you know kind of Kobe shooting them out of the finals and losing to that Pistons team, no one thought could beat them. Uh, but I think what makes it interesting is what you're saying the Warriors margin is so much bigger than their opponents that they can they can hate each other to a certain level and still have fine chemistry on the court. They don't their margin is so much higher. That's the way I see it anyway.
2: It's funny that you bring up that example because I believe that is the last time that's the last time a newbie Finals team, Uh, beat a team that had been there before. Um, That's the last time. So that's all the way back in 2004. So if the Warriors make the finals, that's the advantageous position they will be in. Uh, One of those teams from the East, it will be their first time. Um, so, yeah, I, what do you guys think about this in general? I know you were talking earlier about the one and one and, deals and LeBron. Do you think that this is good for the league overall? Do you think this is bad for the league? Am I just running your radio show? <laughs> he, case good case for, the, le- good for I, the league is interesting. Who am interesting. I to tell you guys how to do your radio show?
1: <laughs> Ethan Strauss telling us to how to run 95-7 the game, uh, athletic, SF, getting yelled at by Kevin Durant, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I, I think it's interesting because it's, it's interesting on Twitter for people. I think it's fun to see what Woj is going to tweet about, right? About what Anthony Davis is going to do. I'm more fascinated by what the players care about, because at the end of the day, Drew Holiday has to play with Anthony Davis. Kyle Kuzma has to play with LeBron James. And I think it's something that... Ethan, you talked about the Eastern Conference teams, their first time playing in the Eastern Conference Finals or the NBA Finals. And I think of the Boston Celtics. Because if you ask the Warriors players... They say, "Hey, we're probably going to play the Boston Celtics, but do the Boston Celtics even like playing with each other, right?" And, and I think that's one of the more important things in basketball that you—I mean, you can't quantify. But if we're talking about Eastern Conference teams, why are the Warriors so worried about the Boston Celtics if they don't care about each other?
2: Hmm. Well, I think the Warriors have had that respect for the Celtics. I'm not sure why, but Kerr always talks about how great they are and. He thought I be- he thought that they were going to win that series against the Cavs. He was early picking the Celtics, so I don't know what to attribute that to necessarily. But they have always played the Warriors tough. I think the Bucks look a little tougher from a Warriors perspective, though, don't you think? Just as a hyper athletic team that has given the Warriors problems and seems to actually like each other, they seem to be more of a challenge. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I keep going back to um, I go back to the Bucks game against the Lakers. From Friday, as an example, where Giannis can't even get the ball at the end of the game, and end of the day, I I think he's going to win the MVP. He deserves the MVP. He's one of the five or so best players in the NBA. But their best player doesn't can't doesn't have a jump shot, basically. And so if he gets denied the ball, we're talking about Eric Bledsoe and Chris Middleton. That just doesn't scare <laughs> me in the same way that let's say Philly with a Jimmy Butler with an Embiid, with all they have, could be a little more of uh, a tough out in the playoffs?
2: I like Middleton. I like Middleton a lot. Look, I I think that there's a little bit of a – Unprovenness to the uh, to the uh, to the bucks, so I can clearly see that. But this is this is a pivot away from the general conversation about all these one and ones and others shaking up the league and, and and whatnot. I do want to talk about the LeBron James stuff that you guys were talking about. I think that's 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 fun stuff. That's, and,
1: and, uh, NBA fun. hipster fan Ethan Strauss, by the way, who 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 had his chops at true hoop ESPN and Warriors World. Um, let's talk. <laughs> let's yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk LeBron. Yeah. I know. You
0: personally would rather watch the Kings. You've you've made that known. You find them a fun watch. But do you think it's good for the league if the Warriors end up playing the Kings in round one or the Clippers in round one and the Lakers don't make the playoffs?
2: No, it's, it, it's not good for the league. The league would like the Lakers featured, but this just hasn't felt right. You know, it's never felt right. It's never resonated in the way that it should have. Sam, we've talked about the local TV ratings. The Lakers right. fan, the Lakers fans have not. They, they they have not gravitated to this like they did for the Kobe years. And why should they? Because. It isn't a decision that was made about winning, and fans can smell that. Even if they don't articulate it, they can sense that, I believe. This was about, I'm going to make Space Jam 2, and I'm going to expand my media empire, um, and I'm going to do the shock-making Kazam thing. It's not... Uh, this is my best road to a championship decision. And when it's not about winning, I think people do pull back a bit, and they do recoil, and you're seeing some of the issues that have come from it all when he tried to rush the process um, and get Anthony Davis there when there wasn't really a path to do it. So I can understand that if you're LeBron and you've made these amazing things happen, why you would think that you could do it, but it seems like he finally bounced up against his limitations, and I'm not sure how they get out of the situation they're in. It could get kind of ugly um, if they don't uh, if, they, if they don't find a path forward. So it's it's from a Schadenfreude perspective, and there is a lot of Schadenfreude.
1: schadenfreude. <laughs> there we go. There's the Strauss that we know. Oh yes,
2: yes. From a Schadenfreude perspective, I'm not I'm not saying I'm not saying from me because I don't. Care too much either way, but a lot of the league is enjoying this. A lot of the league really doesn't like the Lakers, and it's not just because they're a glamour franchise. It's about the way Rich Paul does things. So they're they're enjoying the situation that LeBron and company have found themselves in.
1: You know, I, I'm I'm interested about the way he's playing though, because that's something where. It's the same as always, right? What's the difference right now, Ethan, between the Lakers and the Cavs of last season, right? Essentially, LeBron's doing the same thing. He was just out for like 15 games. If, if
0: I can jump in, it's it's exactly what Ethan was kind of alluding to. In one situation, I mean, he's Cleveland. He's Northeast Ohio. To the fans, they tolerate it because he gave them everything they ever wanted as a fan. To everyone else, to everyone in L.A., I mean, your average Laker fan has seen somewhere between five and ten championships in their lifetime. They're not really that impressed by a five hundred team with, you know, a, a player kind of shows up when he wants.
1: Uh, yeah.
2: Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh no, sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. I mean I, I, I agree with you. It's not that impressive to just have LeBron there considering considering their uh, considering their their grand tradition. And I think to answer Andy's question about how he's playing I don't know if there's a tremendous difference between last year and this year. There was the groin injury, and that compromised him a bit. Maybe you see a little bit of age, but I think it speaks to what you guys were talking about. And it's hard to really know how to factor it in because it sounds like disrespect. It does. It sounds like disrespect to the greatest player of, the generation, of this generation. But he was playing in the Junior Varsity Conference. He was playing in the Week Conference. And we were making a big deal about getting back to the finals repeatedly. But the difference between the conferences was so vast that it's just a different... And what's funny is the East has come up even. The East has come up after he left. But it's just a different situation. And it's easier to attain success. If you look at last year's Cleveland Cavaliers, they were not that great based on point differential, and they probably got a little bit lucky. And I don't know, it does speak to his greatness, that they were able to slog through and make the finals eventually. Um, But we were wearing Eastern Conference goggles, looking at a lot of those LeBron runs, and maybe we overestimated his ability to make this Lakers team something it wasn't.
1: Eastern Conference goggles, beer goggles, really no difference. But Ethan Strauss, athletic, who wrote the Nike article about he took down Nike stock for a few weeks, I think, right? So this guy, unbelievable. I want to talk about Steph. Earlier in the hour, we talked about Steph being underrated. And um, Did you I,
0: tell Andre at <laughs> all to say that for our show?
2: <laughs> I did not tell Andre that. Andre, I have no idea what the context of Andre saying that was, but here's the thing with Andre if you try to ask him a leading question, he'll go the other way. So maybe somebody was trying to get him to say something I don't know in the other direction about Steph. That's just that's the only way I could have seen it going, because otherwise he's not someone who just gives compliments uh, willy-nilly. So I was surprised by seeing that from Andre. Because sometimes I brought up Steph to Andre, and Andre will go, man, I've seen Allen Iverson back in the day. It's nothing I haven't seen. So it's funny he said that.
1: So, so somebody asked Andre about KD being the best player in the world, and that's what Andre Godala said is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> I think it could have easily gone that way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, what, what do you think? I, I think I want to get your take on how um, the players feel about Steph, because when we, talk, we talked about leadership earlier, and we're talking about LeBron James, and we're talking about how you want to play you know, with someone that allows you to be your best self. It's kind of corny, I guess. But um, with Steph Curry, I think he does allow that. But, you know, I I am really interested in how kind of Kevin Durant feels or Draymond Green, who's played with him his whole career, feels about, you know, who Stephen Curry is because it almost feels from the rest of the NBA a little bit different about Stephen Curry.
2: Well. Okay, so I'm going to say something. This is my broad interpretation of talking to players over the years, even though I know one Kevin Durant um, insisted that I, that I don't talk to players. and that, that, That's something that he said. So, I mean, you could do it with the Durant caveat if you happen to believe Kevin Durant and just say that I'm talking crazy. I think most players would say definitively that Kevin Durant is better than Seth Curry. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're right. It's just the player perspective. Players respect size. They respect this idea of somebody doing something that you can't do. So if Steph, I don't know, he fakes somebody and they jump left, they go, well, next time I don't jump left. But if Kevin Durant is backing you down and just shooting that fadeaway over you, it's a sense of, well, there's nothing I could have done. There's literally nothing I could have done. So I think generally most players, and I would say it would be overwhelming, would say that KD uh, KD is better than Steph.
0: Now, how do you think most players would come down on Andre's follow-up question? Steph is the second greatest point guard of all time. I think players universally accept Magic Johnson's the greatest point guard of all time, but the idea that Steph's number two.
2: I think that's true. I think that's true. I don't know how they would take it. I don't know. I mean, I don't. That's what get, that's what gets uh, complicated. as you get a little bit older and you start getting into your thirties, you lose track of what these guys even know of the past or, or think of the past. I don't know if you go around that locker room if there are a bunch of impassioned opinions about Isaiah Thomas, right? Yeah, I don't know. They
0: probably <laughs> so think you're thinking I, of the other Isaiah Thomas. To be honest,
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, so that's what I just really don't know the answer to. Uh, but I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair. Comment. If you want to get really sacrilegious, there is an argument that Steph's better than Magic Johnson. I mean, that, that argument exists. That. I know that's sacrilegious, especially if you watched one of those non-player zealot YouTube compilations. And Man, those are amazing. If you want to see some great Magic Johnson, check that out. Um, but there's a fair argument for Steph is the best point guard of all time.
1: Um, so Ethan Strauss here, Athletic SF. Um, one more question before, before we get you out of here. Because, I mean, this one's a fitting one uh, after what you did a couple weeks ago. Ethan, I did. <laughs> Ethan, where where is Kevin Durant going?
2: <laughs> I like that you did it. It feels like curbier enthusiasm. <laughs> what did you do, Larry? What did you do? Um, where is he going? I think I've made it clear where I think he's going. Uh, definitely, a lot of things can happen between now and then. But I feel the way that most of the league feels. I think what most of the league thinks, and we'll just have to see how it all plays out.
1: You heard it here first, Ethan Strauss. Thanks for coming on, Canadian New York. Ethan. Appreciate you.
2: Have a good night, sir. <laughs> do you like? Do you like how I gave my opinion without being <laughs> aggregated? That was pretty slick. I got to say, <laughs> we'll
1: do it for you. Don't worry about it. Thanks, man. <laughs>
2: nice. Good luck, guys. You're killing it. Have a great night.
1: Perfect. All right. So that was Ethan Strauss, Athletic. Uh, thanks for coming on. Um, I think we're going to clear out the phone lines here. We have one more call. From, thanks for hanging on here. I know you've been on for a few minutes. Domin from Fremont. How's it going?
0: Yo, huge fan of your work. Um, I don't know how I'm going to follow the great Ethan Strauss, but I'll try.
2: Um,
1: Andy, your next trick at Temple
0: is on me. Um, <laughs> look, I don't think you guys are being hard enough on KD, honestly. He's being a total baby. Steph is the greatest player of all time. Why does he keep saying that Kyrie is better? He doesn't know how good he has it. Kyrie Irving, honestly, glorified Monte Ellis. I think him and KD, their new PFs, should go to New York, be miserable, and let Steph thrive.
1: Steph, better. Thank you, Dan. Thanks for coming on. I mean, that, that's a perfect way to kind of end the show. By the way, shout out to Temple. Shout-outs to ABGs. Kind of the usual. People love that. Um, but, Yeah. I mean, that's what we've talked about this whole season. I mean, I'm not going to go as far as to say being a baby and all of that. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things where if you're going to be mad at the media for reporting on things that are actually talked about incredible, I think that it's worth reporting on. And I think that you don't want to put yourself in that situation. And at the end of the day, if you don't want Andy and Sam doing their first show about Kevin Durant leaving the Golden State Warriors, maybe nip that in the bud. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, we can only respond to what's said. Uh, we weren't the ones who, who said Kyrie's better than Steph. Um, some some poll updates, Let's since we're about to get out of here. Um, 64% of you would rather the Lakers miss the playoffs than the Warriors make the playoffs. That sounds about right. That's what I would expect. I think everyone would enjoy watching the Warriors knock the, the Lakers out, but would prefer them just not to make it all together because that's infinitely funnier.
1: We've got the other poll result. I mean this one's a little biased. I, I knew this was coming. Is Stephen Curry underrated? About fifteen hundred votes, eighty two percent yes. I wanna I want to talk no. to the
0: eighteen percent who said no. I want their logic.
1: What do you think they said? You think you think they said that he's properly rated as the I don't know what KD thinks, the fifth or tenth best player in the NBA? Uh, you know, it's hard to say. So, um, by the way, uh, we are back next Saturday. We're not canceled. Not yet. We're back. Same time as tonight, 7 to 9 p.m. So,
0: so the Warriors play on Sunday, so we will be here Saturday night, 7 to 9.
1: Talking Boston Celtics, talking Denver Nuggets, talking... We'll see. We'll see what this week brings us. Um, all right. So we've got a few minutes here. Um, I think one more topic to go Sam, twenty games left in the season. What do we really care about from a Warriors perspective, right? What do we truly care about? Last season, it didn't end so great, right? Steph was last out. year it was about health. Yep. Last what year, do we care about? When,
0: Last year at this time, actually, it was this exact weekend. I remember it because I was texting you. You had just landed in Vegas. You were going to a bachelor party or okay, something okay. fun like that, and you get off the airport. I'm at the game. Steph, uh, JaVale McGee comes down on Steph's knee and you text me just a bunch of explicit explosives just like, and that was pretty much it. So, you know, a year later, this weekend went better. They beat Philly. No one, no one got injured. Um, what we're hoping for going forward, I guess just to see, uh, where Boogie is when the playoffs start. That's the main thing. I mean, he's in rehab mode right now. The defense looks terrible. The offense looks up and down I mean we know how skilled he is but he
1: looks like a guy hasn't played in a year I'm worried about how KD feels I think that's something in crunch time that'll matter we watched the Houston Rockets series last season and you remember Steve Kerr telling KD to trust your teammates on the mic and then Steve Kerr had them take it out you know they had them you know kind of bleep it out and hey hey don't play that on ABC right um I'm a little concerned because I do want peak functioning Kevin Durant because we saw in 16 But doesn't that
0: tie in with the boogie thing? Because him finding his place is what's going to allow Katie and Steph to find – like it, it's all got to function together, and he's the new piece.
1: Do they have enough time, right? Because it's it's about 20 games left or, or, or even less. It's Do we have enough time to figure this out? Because it took them half a season in in 1617 to figure out, and, and people didn't – Didn't think about that, but it did take a while for Steph to stop sacrificing as much as he did.
0: Yeah, the only difference is, um, you know, fitting in KD a little more important than DeMarcus Cousins right now. Obviously, they have to figure out what DeMarcus Cousins' role is um, and get everyone kind of comfortable with the whole five-man unit, but it's it's just not as important as, you know, fitting KD into a starting lineup.
1: I, I guess if we're talking about these type of quote-unquote, issues. First world problems? First world problems. There's really, other people are worried about if Malcolm Brogdon is going to make enough shots in the postseason. The Warriors are worried about if DeMarcus Cousins is going to score 20 points in the postseason. It doesn't get better than being a Warriors fan right now in the Bay Area, gunning for four titles in five years. Chase Center coming to San Francisco. That's as good as it gets. Andy and Sam, Light Years Radio, getting their own spot. How do we feel about that, Sam? I'm hyped. I can't wait for that we you know we
0: got our we got our nerves out this week. Maybe not fully, you know. Got I got to play through that first episode. Uh, <laughs> but we'll be back next week.
1: Maybe not fully um, moving forward call in 888-957-9570. We had the polls that are up on Twitter. Um just make sure to ask us the questions on hashtag #lightyearsradio. I think that's the best way. We'll monitor them during the week. Follow Sam at Sam S. Fendiari. Follow me, Andy KH Liu. Follow 95.7 The Game. You know, I I think it's one of those things when you're thinking about the Warriors nowadays, it's how much fun it's going to be, right, for the next couple months. Because enjoy the moment. A lot of people say that, but you want to enjoy the Warriors as much as possible because dynasties don't last forever. The San Antonio Spurs didn't do this forever. The Golden State Warriors are probably the greatest team of all time. And we're living in it right now, and it's one of the things we talked about, Cousins. We talked about KD, and we talked about all of this, um, and it's the greatest team of all time. We'll be back next Saturday, and enjoy us. 95.7 The Game, Andy Lou, Sam Fundiari wow.
0: Hi, I'm Vanessa with PG&E. If you see a down power line, stay away from it and keep others away. Call 911. Let our first responders come out and handle it. Police and fire will respond as well as PG&E.
2: To learn more, visit pge.com slash safety.